first edition of the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and with me here is Hamish Gorman and we are here to take you through cycling, coaching and lifestyle. Though we haven't exactly decided what lifestyle is yet. Anyway, here with Hamish. Say hi Hamish. Hi guys. Oh, I suppose we'll tell you a bit about ourselves first. I'm Jamie Finch-Penninger. I'm a cycling journalist. I started this year in 2015 as a blogger. And I progressed from doing that part, part-time, part full-time-ish uh, to now the point where I freelance for SBS and Peloton Cafe and just generally do a lot of um, writing for online websites. began as a really avid watcher of cycling and ever since I started writing about it, I found myself really enjoying, really enjoying the process of writing and getting people's feedback on what I've been doing. Really, since I've turned professional, it's been a lot of fun. So it's something I want to keep up with, and that's part of the reason I'm doing this podcast. Um, Hamish, he'll give you his rundown on what he does and how he got into cycling himself. Yeah, so I'm an exercise physiologist and cycling coach. I run my own business, Sydney Cycling Coaching, and also work with FTP Training. Um, I've been riding bikes for as long as I can remember and racing both running and multi-sport. Fishy asked me to do this podcast to help me take him from zero to hero. Um, multi-sport, Hamish, you are multi-sport recently. I remember you did the uh, cycle or the ride across, you can tell us exactly what it's called, Coast to Coast, I believe it was, in New Zealand. Yeah, Coast to Coast in New Zealand in February 2015. Yeah, biggest race for me so far. One day race from Greymouth to Christchurch, 243Ks. A lot of pain, a lot of cramps, a lot of fun. Okay, Hamish, uh, what have you been up to this week? I've actually been exploring the world of paracycling quite a bit lately. It's really allowed me to open my eyes to some different athletes and the challenges that they face. It puts some of my other work into perspective and allows me to really focus in on some specific challenges. One of those has been um, the left-right balance in in cycling and power output for a tibial amputee patient and seeing the way that he works to achieve his power and the way he works to improve his cycling has really helped me improve my own game and fishy i've been up to a few interviews i interviewed james victor of the under 23 world tour academy for australia um and we talked about uh, the Neo Pros, which are going to Orica Green Edge next year. Uh, so Jack, so I've been publishing articles on SBS, um, on Jack Haig, Alex Edmondson, and Robert Power was going to go up today, but he his um, diagnosis of bone marrow um, disease actually came through um, just before we were about to go to um, put it put it to print, and so we held off on that. And I'm going to rewrite that with some. Uh, some different quotes from Orica Green Edge and hopefully, you know, how his um, progression back from that that goes. Um, on a brighter note, um, I did an interview with Drew Ginn, uh, the famous Australian rower, who is riding for 24 hours, which I find very hard to put into context uh, as it's just not the sort of effort I can imagine. So he's planning to go break the world record and ride over 890 kilometres within 24 hours. If you want to read more about that, um, check out sbs.com.au slash cycling central and 
yeah, you'll see more more running up there as well. Okay, the goal of this podcast, um, I think it's to improve everyone as cyclists. Um, not not just myself, though that will definitely be a part of it. It's going to be a learning experience for everyone, and hopefully it can be one for you as well. And now on to the Zero to Hero segment, basically where we train me up into becoming a an acceptable racer, I think. Um, the real, really the goal is to take um, my relatively fat self and making me into, you know, a rider who can respectably go on bump rides with, um, you know, elite level cyclists, maybe not whilst they're pushing themselves, obviously, but um, get to the point where I can, you know, ride along and ask people, talk to people without getting too puffed. So how big a change do you reckon that will be for you? Where are you at now? Uh, that will be a very significant change. Myself as an athlete, I've never been a top professional, as you know, Hamish. Um, I've largely had a background in team sports like uh, football, rugby, cricket. But when it comes to individual training and motivating myself to you know, go for runs or go for rides, I've found that be a bit of a problem in fact my personal zero here's a here's a moment you'll my zero point we'll call it um is a moment that hamish will remember well when he was training up for a i think it was a bush trail run or something and we decided to do the mount kira loop because he was going to go out for training in any case and i said oh sure i'll do that as well and hamish almost lapped me on on a 5k circuit was it yeah 5ks i think it was 5k mountain run about 25 minute laps yeah, and uh, Hamish was about two minutes off lapping me. Um, what was what was your assessment of my physical condition at that point, Hamish? I guess we'd have to go with below average, but you managed to get around a 5K loop. So we're not wa- working with nothing. I think for you, it's going to be the commitment and the continuity of training. What do you think? <laughs> I, think I think that we're, yeah, I think that it's not quite... I'm not quite the fattest person in the world, but I definitely do need to make some lifestyle changes and, you know, make have a look at myself motivation-wise and, you know, commit to actually changing changing my lifestyle. So I've got... If we're going to do it then, we've got to kind of set some parameters, I guess. So, like, how much time can you commit? Well, being freelance, I don't have a specific schedule most of the time for my work. It it varies as I go, and if I'm doing a race one weekend, that will generally be three or four days off off um, at the race, but I can take my bike with me on most occasions, and I won't be working flat out. So I think generally a plan which revolves around um, week riding in general, and then we can maybe move on as we get more seriously to riding throughout the week and the weekend as well. So I guess if we if we set like a, a weekly goal or a weekly target to begin with in terms of hours, do you reckon a five-hour week is achievable for you to begin with? Yes. Um, I can't promise how far I'll go in those five weeks, but um, as I think Greg LeMond said, you, cycling never gets any easier. You just go faster. So hopefully we'll keep on push. I'll keep on pushing through and we'll see how we go. Sounds good. So... 
what kind of equipment are we going to start with? What kind of bike do you have? Well, to A, make it accessible for the average punter who's getting started out in this, um, we're going to start off very basic. I've got a commuter bike, which my mum and my sister bought me for a birthday um, last year. And very basic equipment again. I don't have any clip-in pedals or anything beyond a helmet bought from, from for $10 from Target. So it will it will be a very basic start and hopefully that makes it easier for for the average listener out there to say, yeah, okay, I can do this and pick up their bike and get out there and have a go. Yeah, look, I, I definitely think it's a, it's a starting point. I reckon what we're going to have to do is set some progressions, set some goals for you to do along the way and then look at upgrading your gear, equipment and some of our training monitoring as we progress. I think having some way to track and monitor your training, even if it is just a time and duration perspective to begin with, is essential. I think maybe even for the small price of a heart rate monitor, it might start to give us some kind of physiological variables to look at so that we can track improvements in your training as well. Strava, the app that most people know, is probably what we'll use to begin with for you. Jamie, so that we get an idea of where you're riding and we can start to track some of those improvements as well. Have you got any kind of thoughts about where you want to be in six months in terms of your cycling performance? I hadn't thought about specific goals at this stage, but I think maybe that's something we can talk about in terms of progression, maybe on next week's podcast, actually setting some goals and having them go through. At the moment, let's just get some Ks in the legs and... We'll see how we go from there. Okay, well, I think like my goal for you this week would be four rides. We want to hit some consistency, four midweek rides with maybe one week, one weekend ride. Even if those are an hour each on the weekdays and an hour on the weekend, then we hit our five-hour target. Okay, As we go, what we'll look to do is vary those rides and then increase the duration of the weekend ride to try and increase your overall volume of your training and then add some intensity over the top. But at the moment, I think with the equipment we've got and the schedule that you've got, starting out on about a five-hour ride week gives us a big increase in your cycling load, a massive increase in your cycling load. Well, tell me, how much did you do last week? Um, I did actually go for a ride last week. I think it was about 45 minutes in duration and I probably covered about six kilometres. So I will say it was kind of hilly, but <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really excuse the, the, lack of, the lack of effort. So it will definitely be an increase. Is there anything that specifically goes into a training session where you're looking to build, um, build that endurance and build on to bigger things? I think the key things for you at the moment is really that consistency of sessions and stringing sessions together. So the, the things to look for there is that we don't go too hard in any one of those sessions to begin with. The harder you go, the harder you push, the harder your recovery is going to be. And if you don't recover well between those rides, then that load is going to build on top of each other and that ability for you to get out that fourth or fifth day is going to be quite difficult. I'm envisaging that it is going to be difficult for you anyway because we're talking about, well, probably a 500% increase in cycling load in the first week, which is massive and not something we'd usually do 
But I think in this case, if we're going to kind of kickstart a program, then it's something that we're willing to go with. Okay, thanks for that, Hamish. And if you want to follow this Zero to Hero as he becomes a hero from his current Zero, um, you can follow us on Instagram at Breakdown Zero to Hero, uh, or on Facebook at The Breakdown Podcast, or Twitter at Breakdown Podcast. Okay, on to Coach's Corner now, where we endeavour to improve, I believe, every cyclist, not just the pros and not just the average people, by giving by giving tips which hopefully apply across the broad spectrum of riders. And we'll get Hamish to have a look at specific areas of cycling training and performance and look at ways that you can apply those his knowledge to improve your own cycling training and performance. For today's Coach's Corner, I've decided to look at the three most important things for recovery from your weekend endurance ride. In terms of our Zero to Hero segment, recovery is going to be essential. We're going for a 500% increase in your cycling load, Jamie. And for you to achieve that this week and the weeks coming, your recovery is going to be very, very important. So for any cyclist, the three major um, things that affect recovery are hydration, nutrition, and sleep. So from a hydration perspective, and especially with the hot days that we've been having here in Australia, moderate to severe dehydration will significantly impair performance. This is obviously critical on race day, but also affects your ability to recover from training. So fluid loss varies significantly from athlete to athlete and with environmental conditions, but loss from 300 mils to over a litre per hour can be seen quite quite easily. How much would you say you sweat in, a average, in an average training session? I've seen you sweat quite a bit in the past. I'm well over the litre mark. I can, I can sweat st- sitting still. <laughs> Even a hot curry will do it for me. But so, so I'm well on the high end. Um, but it's, it's really easy to figure out your own sweat rates. So the way to go about it is to weigh yourself prior to starting a ride, go out for a ride, record how much you drink during that ride, and then weigh yourself at the end. Now the difference between these two weights, once you take into account how much you've drunk, is your sweat loss over that time period. So let's take a two hour ride for example. If you drink 500 mils of water over a two hour ride, and you started at 80 kilos, and you finished at 78, then... 1.5, I think. 1 point, yeah, 1.5, no, 2.5, because we've lost 2, two kilos, 500 mils. Ah, yeah, there's the maths coming out to play. That's why I'm not an exercise physiologist. Yeah, so, so scrap that from Jamie. It's not 1.5, it would be 2.5 litres of sweat in two hours. Very hot day, very windy day. We're living in Western Sydney. It, it's really going to be 44 degrees and we've had a hard session on the bike. Find your own specific example. Weigh yourself before, weigh yourself after and take into account how much you've drunk. Calculate, divide that by the number of hours you've been riding and you get a sweat rate per hour. Easy to do, easy to implement. The second factor is nutrition. Nutrition is important in that it refuels your muscles 
and it allows your body to repair any damage that's happened during that session. For prolonged high intensity exercise, we get a substantial breakdown in muscle protein. And during the recovery phase, there is a reduction in catabolic or breakdown processes and a gradual increase in the anabolic or building process of the muscles. And this needs to be fueled from somewhere. So we're essentially looking at the muscles cannibalizing themselves in a point, to a point and then building up from that. So you need to supply the correct nutrition to aid that process? Yeah, definitely. So our fuel for exercise mainly comes from carbohydrates, but our fuel for muscle building mainly comes from protein. So we've got to replenish both these stores. Now, as a quick guide for any athlete coming back from a ride, if they have 1 to 1.2 grams of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight as soon as possible after exercise, this will do a good job of replenishing their carbohydrate stores. If they also combine that with between 15 and 25 grams of protein in the first hour, we will see a good replenishment of the protein. Okay, so let's say for myself, I'm 93 kilograms at the moment. I think we need to weigh myself and check that. But I'm 93 kilograms and I go out for, you know, one hour ride as, as we talked about. What am I looking to eat when I get when I get home? Well, if we go by the one one gram of carbohydrates per kilo of body weight, then we're at ninety grams of carbs. So for you, Jamie, if we're going to go down that line, it would have to be quite a significant hour of exercise to get that level of carbohydrate. And probably early on in your cycling, you're not going to need quite as much. Now, if we look at a slice of bread being approximately fifty grams of carbohydrate then you would need to have six slices of bread to hit that 90 grams so like i said probably a little bit high at this stage but but two sandwiches would probably be close if we wanted to get that 15 to 25 grams of protein then if we spread a tin of tuna between two sandwiches then we'd get approximately 18 grams of protein to go with your carbohydrates okay well that sounds manageable now on to the power of sleep, and I can personally vouch for um, Hamish's famous coffee nap, which I've seen in action many times. So, on to you, Hamish. So, sleep's a process that really allows our body to complete a full recovery. And today I want to talk about the power of the nap. Okay, The nap, in all our busy days and our busy schedules, allows us to kind of quickly recharge those batteries and get us ready for the afternoon, whether that be for a social outing or a second session on the bike then finding a place to have a quick nap is really worth a worthwhile thing to do so first off the setting it's key to find a quiet spot turn off your device so you don't get a phone call or an email and to dim the lights the second is to set an alarm 15 to 25 minutes is enough time to recharge those batteries but not set yourself up for a bad night's sleep ahead. And the third, as Fishy mentioned before, is the coffee nap. The coffee nap allows you to improve performance and reduce your drowsiness. Now the key to this is having your caffeine in the first 10, in the 10 minutes before you go to sleep. If you can do that, have your 15 to 20 minutes, wake up, you'll be raring to go. You're, you're quite an exponent of the coffee nap, though. I mean, how easy would you say it is for somebody else to get into it who isn't quite as experienced in 
drinking their coffee and then immediately falling asleep. I think you've really got to look at how long it takes you to get to sleep. If you're someone whose head hits the pillow and you're out like a light, then go for it. If you tend to have to lie there for 15 to 20 minutes before you are able to fall asleep in a nap, then it might be something to hold off for, from at the moment. And probably one for the people with the coffee machine at home rather than people who go out for a ride and then try to get home in 10 minutes before, before the falling asleep. That's probably not practical either. Yeah, definitely napping on the road is never a good thing. Okay, the next segment is the question box, which is at the moment empty because it's our first episode and we don't have any questions yet. But the idea behind this segment is that it's listener-submitted questions. As long as they're relatively related to cycling, we'll answer them. If you want to get your question read out, then send them through to us on Facebook or hashtag AskBreakdown on Twitter. Well, that brings us to the end of our first podcast. I felt it went fairly well. Hamish, how do you feel it went? I think we've got some room to improve, but definitely we're on the way up. More than fair to say there's room for improvement there. Um, for informational sources and what we've referenced uh, during this conversation today, uh, check out the podcast site, which is www.breakdownpodcast.com, and you'll find a link through to the Coach's Corner podcast and... You can see all the details of what Hamish has been talking about and, to a lesser extent, what I've been mumbling about. Also, you can follow us on Facebook under Breakdown Podcast or on Twitter at Breakdown Podcast, all one word, or on Instagram at Breakdown Zero to Hero, where I'm going to be posting up a bunch of pictures taken from my rides and basically show myself progressing as a cyclist. That's the idea. Um, final word from Hamish here. I've actually just tagged Fishy in our first Instagram post. Check it out now at The Breakdown. Well, there's some live historic news making there. We hope you've enjoyed the first episode and hope to see you again. Cheers. Bye.